When we ask questions, open-ended questions in particular, it gives them an opportunity to persuade themselves. And that, that's a 10X in persuasion. This is Designing Leaders, the podcast where simplicity meets leadership. I'm your coach, Desi Maynard, your guide on this journey towards effective and efficient leadership. Here we unite theory and practice, bringing you actionable insights from the front lines of leadership. From boardrooms to sales floors, we're breaking down silos and fostering teamwork. Every episode is a new step towards absolute accountability and clear communication. I'm your host, Desi Maynard, and let's dig in. What's up, everybody? This is Desi with the Designated Leader Podcast, and we are in for a treat today. Talk about the tip of the sword in the recruiting business. It's a hot topic right now, super trending. Everybody is saying, I can't find the right people. So I brought on my cousin, Zach Maynard. He is one of the top echelon in this area. He is for Iris Recruiting Solutions, the business unit leader the traveling superintendent division in construction. Zach, what is up, man? It's good to see you. And also like, just fun to like hang out, right? Oh yeah, man. We don't get to see each other as much as we used to. I appreciate you having me on, on the show and excited to talk through uh, some leadership topics with you. Yeah. So I think we're going to have some leadership, going to hit on some sales, but what I want to kick off on and just give you an opportunity is talk us through your journey a little bit and how you got to be in such a high percentage level of this industry of recruiting. Yeah. So I, I've worked for three separate recruiting firms. Um, I am at my last one. I'm going to retire here. Uh, <laughs> first one was more of a staffing company. Uh, and uh, learned a lot about the business. Didn't even know recruiting was a thing. You know, I, I sent my resume over to a family friend, uh, Ann Migalski, and just said, hey, I'm looking for a sales role. Can you help me out? And uh, she came back and uh, her one of her managers, Jennifer Miller, reached out and said, hey, Zach, have you ever thought about being a recruiter? And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't know what that is, but I, I need a job. <laughs> uh, so was was really successful there and, and decided to move on to a startup in Michigan. Uh, that didn't go as well as I thought it would. Uh, and then ended up moving uh, to, to the Indianapolis area where, where I've, I found my home. And the cool thing about Iris is you get to build your own business within the framework of Iris. So I get to make all of my own business decisions. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really, really empowering. Uh, for, for a guy like me. I didn't have that really in the past. So I uh, started the traveling superintendent division back in 2019 and okay. was able to really grow my book of business. Uh, we, we've assisted our clients in hiring uh, over 150 traveling superintendents. So we've wow. really exploded. We're, we're hyper niched and uh, we, we really enjoy uh, the impact that we've had on the industry. Excellent. Excellent. And, you, and you've had some success. Yes. Yeah. How are we, yeah, how are we doing this year? Success. We're doing good. We're doing really good. Uh, last two years have been extremely hot, you know, obviously with the uncertain economic times that we're in and mm. or going, getting into uh, slow down a little bit. But honestly, if you're, if you're out there hustling and working hard, there there's business to be had. That, that's what, that's what I'm doing. That's what a couple of, uh, my teammates are doing, I, you know, we've been growing and, and doing so well. I've got two guys that work for me and you nice. know, we're really just excited to see where we can take this thing. 
Yeah. So I want to go back to our roots for a second. I say our because obviously we're first cousins. Um, so my dad and Zach's dad uh, are brothers. We same grandpa. We grew up together. Um, I want to talk about leadership in the home a little bit because I yeah. think like that's where it starts in any type of success. So talk to us a little bit about like leadership at the home, leadership in your community, leadership at church, and maybe kind of a little bit of your story and how those connected and helped you be more successful in the business world. For sure. So, you know, obviously grandpa Maynard uh, had a huge impact on all of our lives. Uh, great, well, John, great man. John Martin Maynard. John Martin Maynard. Uh, I'd like to go back one, one more generation to, to his dad, Amos, Amos uh, Barnes, he was a leader. Amos Barnes. He, he was a leader. Um, maybe not the best type of leader. He didn't utilize his leadership skills. Uh, like we would, he, he robbed a payroll train. Yeah. Just uh, to clarify, he was a train robber, train robber. Yeah. Uh, and then when he got to jail, uh, he was a leader in the prison too. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was the, he was the man. Uh, but you know, it kind of, you know, that, that helps me bridge uh, over to faith. Like I know grandpa Maynard really instilled mm-hmm. uh, our Christian faith in us. And, you know, it, it really starts with, uh, with at home. Uh, yeah. I've always said, and I, I think our, I heard this from my pastor, you can't coast into a great life. You have to be intentional, right? Mm-hmm. And grandpa Maynard was intentional. Our parents were intentional. And then now, you know, the, the baton's kind of been passed on to us, Desi. And, uh, you know, we've been going to church. We, we found a church here in uh, Indiana and we, we absolutely love it. And, yeah. you know, I, I see a direct correlation between when I started tithing to the church and to, to when my business exploded. Yeah. Uh, and as long as I'm continuing to tithe, it, everything's provided that, that we need. You know, we have what we need today. Uh, so really, you know, going back to what grandpa taught us, it's, you know, faith, family, football, uh, <laughs> yeah, I put my business before football, but still watch football anymore. Right? Yes. Uh, Although I am yeah. going to the lions game this week, so I'm super oh, pumped about go. that, but you yeah, go. you know, I, th- I think the best way to explain that leadership, you know, from our grandpa, from John Martin is that he was the same guy on Saturday night as Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's, that's missing that there's a big gap there in, you know, what people put off to the public and how it really is at home. And, and I yeah. think that that's, that's being missed. I think that, you know, we're not leading ourselves well, but then we go to work and we say, why isn't this working? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because that your core isn't, together. Like you don't have it figured out. Like people ask me all the time, like, how is it that you, and then literally fill in the blank. Like, how are you so calm? Why are you so confident? Why? It, and this is, I think it's the same thing with you. Like, cause it comes from just having my crap together because it was forced upon us from our roots. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, we couldn't, I couldn't sweep the garage, you know, without grandpa saying, if you're not, if you're not going to do it right, don't do it at all. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? I've heard, how many just, times have we heard that? Yeah. And those things were just built so deep in us and it transferred to sports and then it transferred to, you know, how we're husbands and how we're dads and, you know, and how we're building now the next generation of, of leaders and little entrepreneurs. And, you know, yeah. it's incredibly exciting, but I just think a lot of it comes down to leading yourself, leading your family before you can even think about being really good at the rest, because then what's the rest even for? Right. You know, exactly. if, if we're not, you know, building the kingdom, if we're not creating a strong family that creates strong communities. I mean, I say it all the time. Like I, one of my main drivers is when I go in and I've, you know, fix the leadership or improve it or help the team is I, I, I'm not even caring so much about the leader. I'm being an advocate for those team members because mm-hmm. they need good leadership because they probably already don't like what they do. They probably already go home and they're frustrated. And then like, what happens if they have poor leadership at work too? They're just yeah. going to trickle that at home. And then it's going to be stress on their family, which is stress on the community. And for, you know, it's just this horrible trickle effect. And it's like good leadership could make a big difference in that. They could like Absolutely. their job. Then they go home and they're a better husband, a better wife, a better brother, sister, all of those things. And, you know, all of that was built in us a long time ago. Right? I would say we're probably both like elder millennials, so to speak. Right. But, yeah. you know, these younger generations and things like that is like you have to teach that. Like you have to lead that in them because they might not have had that blessing that we had. Right? So I'm saying like the new leader is, and I'm sure you're experiencing this with your teams, is like you got to be their friend, their counselor, their dad, all of the above in order to help them be good at their job, be happy while doing it, right? Because, hey, happy people tend to work harder, do better work, and work more. So it's cliche as it sounds, you know, that's a good thing. So why wouldn't we want that? But I think all of it comes back to the root. But what happens when, and I'd love your take on this, what happens when the root's not there? Like, how have you done in building that root in some of your team members? Like, building that core. You know, I'll go back to the the Bible verse, those who give shall receive, right? Mm. It was one of my favorite Bible verses that Grandpa taught me. Uh, I would get on him for not tipping as much at restaurants. It's like, Grandpa, you got to tip more. Those who give shall receive. And he just gave me that look, man. but the, so the more you put into your teammates, uh, going back to what I said earlier, uh, you can't coast into a great life. You can't cr- coast into to being a great leader, a great father, a great husband. Uh, so the, the more you put into your team members, the more you will get in return, right? Yeah. So the, the harder I work on getting my guys to where they, where they want to be, financially where they want to be uh, in the company as far as like room for growth the more opportunities i can give them the more training sessions i can give them uh as long as i can get them to hit their goals i'll in turn hit my goals and exceed and exceed my goals so that's really uh the mantra of of iris as as a whole we that that came and that came from from our leadership from the ceo and the Mm -hmm. vice president chad petticore and, and bill coontz um, they've really instilled that. And it's very empowering, man. I, I, I come to work or I go to work every day and it's exciting. Like I have the keys to the castle. I can Mm -hmm. go and and build my kingdom, right? I can go and help others build their kingdom. And that, that's what really, I, I wake up at 
five o'clock every day. I'm in the office by five forty-five, man, because it's yeah. just so fun for me, and I enjoy Exciting. it so much. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's so good that that's you have that kind of leadership. You've found that kind of home, you know. But yeah. it's true. That's true servant leadership. I think is like they don't work for us. We work for them. Like it's a paradigm shift. It's a paradox. Yeah. Like just because like you have a higher position or title, like that doesn't mean anything. You have a responsibility to serve your team because without exactly. them, you are nothing. And we used to say it uh, in football. So, uh, you know, all you football fans out there, you got five offensive linemen. We used to say like, we are five or we are nothing. Like if four or five, yeah. four out of five are, are working to get like, we're nothing. We're going to fail. Right. Yep. And it's like, you got to have that unit. And the only way to do that is like, you work for them. How can I support you? How can I help exactly. you succeed? Because in turn, that's going to help me succeed. That's going to help the company succeed, so on and so forth. And I, I, to me, you know, I think Simon Sinek says it really well. Like leadership is a service. Yes. Like it, it's not a title. It's a responsibility. It's a thing to do. It's an action to take. It's a skill. And you know, that's true servant leadership. Um, so let's, let's switch over to say like, how do you have the mindset? How did, how does somebody out there take the shift of making that mindset change mindset change in order to become a more servant leader? Man, that's tough. It, it was tough for me. I, I had, I definitely had growing pains because mm -hmm. when, when you're a, a solo producer, you you're in it for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You're, yeah. The more money, the, the the more I can go out and pound the phones and interact with with customers and clients and and yeah. candidates, you know I, I'm just here to make deals and and make money, right? So you know, okay, let's hire a guy. Hey Zach, you're doing really well. Let's hire a guy under you so you have some more support. You got a yeah. ton of clients and we don't have enough candidates, so mm -hmm. let's hire a guy that can help you get more candidates. And you know, it's oh man, like yeah, he can get, help me get more candidates. I'm I'm making more money. And then it's like, wait a minute here. If I can, and my, my CEO and our president and, and vice president, you know, they were pretty transparent with me. Like, Hey Zach, like you're not in this for you at this point, Like, you've hired a guy now. Yeah. Your, your, your roles change. You've got to become more of a servant leader. The yeah. more you get out of him, the more you're going to get in return. So it's not yeah. how much can this guy make me? Right. How many candidates can this guy get me? Yeah. It's, how can I help you hit your goals and your, you know, what, what are your personal goals? What are your professional goals? How do I help you get there? And if I help them get there, I'll, I'll, I'll hit all, all the goals that I have. So that, that was a huge shift, man. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's tough. It's really tough when you're a, a solo producer and you're making good money and you hire yeah. a guy, then you're making even more money. And, uh, there, there was a, there's a mindset shift. I, I don't know when, when or where it clicked. It probably clicked when I started going to church more, mm -hmm. honestly, um, paying the tithes and then just saying, man, like I am, I am here to, to spread the good word. Right. So yeah. if I can spread the good word to my, my teammates, you know, I'm not like going to be a Bible thumper and, you know, be reciting scripture all day, every day to, to my team. But yeah. it's more of like just those little moments of, Hey, like, God had his hand in this one. You know that, right? Yeah, because uh, it, it is biblical. Yeah, it's bit, all, everything's biblical, man. So yeah. it's, uh, it's exciting. Let's talk about um, a little bit about personal brand. So, you know, at its core, you and your team are excellent salesmen. 
Right. And so talk about like, how does personal brand play a role in that? Obviously I'm building a personal brand. Um, talk to me about some of the things that what are your thoughts about personal brand? How do you build it? Especially in particularly in your industry, you know, cause that's, that's where you have the most experience. So let's see if we can extrapolate something from that. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a decent LinkedIn following, um, and per, personal brand. So for, for recruiting, uh, companies or, or people who are headhunters, mm-hmm. You've got, you've got to figure out who your audience is, right? A lot of headhunters on LinkedIn are putting out content that is like for other recruiters, right? Yeah. So for me, it's like, well, I don't, other recruiters aren't going to make me money. That's not mm-hmm. like a, a, a positive gain. I don't want to post about how to be a good recruiter. I want to post about the construction industry. Yeah. I want to, I want to post about, you know, trends in the in the industry right yep. so we are we're really just getting started in in all of that going down that path uh but personal brand's so important i you know we work in fees right so we, we get yeah. a percentage of of a of base salary uh for for find, finding a candidate so mm-hmm. you know you know seo you know posting on linkedin regularly and one of the things that we've really found is that when you are posting re- regularly on LinkedIn, I've had phone calls and I've got my phone number on my LinkedIn. I've got phone calls from, you know, CEOs of construction companies saying, Hey, I was doing a LinkedIn search. I need a traveling superintendent, but you came up. Are you a recruiter in that? Like, this is all that you do. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I do. It's like, all right, well, this isn't fun. I can't stand trying to recruit for these guys. Right. Uh, can you help? So I've kind of fallen into four or five placements, four or five new clients just from my activity on LinkedIn. And I haven't necessarily been trying to build my brand at that point. Now I really am because I see the value in it. So it's it's extremely important uh, and extremely valuable. Get more people coming to you instead of you having to, you know, make cold calls. Yeah, I think honestly, just from my perspective too, and you know, and I'm in the middle of this fight, I would definitely say is learning who I am and who I want to show and just trying to really, it's just a battle of being okay, being exactly who you are because like, we're so in like, we're deep creatures and like, I like to hunt. I like to fish. I love my family. I love God. Like, and it's like, oh, there's a lot of different things there, right? I love leadership. I'm really, really enjoying sales in these last six years. Like, that's insane. I never thought I would say that. But there's a lot of things there that's like, no one can match that because that's me. Right. And and I think really, it's not like, oh, do I, it's, do I show that, you know, do I talk about those things? Oh, I was a football player. Yeah, I'm going to help you build your business like a top-notch sports organization would yeah. right and it's like oh that's different but that's desi like like that's mean that's how i operate so i think a lot of personal brand is just showing exactly who you are and being totally fine with it yeah i i get it all the time at work man like so pre covid we were pretty business casual business attire mm-hmm. uh going into work covid hit and you know we all kind of went home and worked from home and then kind of started trickling back in Dude, I, I wear cro- camo Crocs and shorts and sweatshirts and snapback hats to work yeah. now. And I made a comment to one of the partners 
I was like, oh man, I got to dress up for, for a podcast or for, you know, these pictures. <laughs> and, and he's like, dude, be you, man. Like, that's not yeah, you. For sure. You, yeah. Dude. I've had to, uh, you know, I've had to learn that in this journey of five or six years, you know, being in business now and just like, what, like I was a teacher before this. So you, the same way we had to be kind of business casual, you know? And it was just like, what does the owner of a leadership company wear? And it, it finally it was just like, whatever I want, that's what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, today is this tomorrow's just a t-shirt. And yeah, I mean, I'm the same way, honestly, for, especially if anybody that's one of my clients is listening most of the time I'm on zoom, I'm probably wearing slippers and gym shorts with my collar Dude, shirt got- up on top. And it's totally normal. Like just be who you are. And like people are looking for more of that now. Versus oh, if yeah. I was in here right now and I had some business shirt on and it's like, that's not, I'm not being just who I am. And there's tons of like the, you know, the big dogs out there. Um, what's his name? Like Ed, my, he wears like Ed, my wears like jeans and a black t-shirt to everything he ever does, <laughs> yep. you know, and it's totally fine. And he's, you know, and made hundreds of millions of dollars and just like that closing massive deals. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think it's more about the consistency Of are you actually being who you are? Um, But I think that heads right into because your personal brand is going to lead to how you're positioned, right? And I think that plays a big role because we've we've even found that and helped clients with that. Of you know, people are for what is the first thing that they're going to do? They're going to look you up. Like Mm -hmm. I mean, as soon as they hear about, hey, I'm thinking about doing business. Maybe I heard this thing. I saw this ad. So and so gave me this referral. Like whatever it is, first thing they're going to do is they're they're going to go on whatever platform they like the most, and they're going to look you up, right? And then it's like, does that match what their already perception of you is? Right. Like they've, maybe they've hung out and they say, Oh, he's a great guy, you know, really down to earth. And then they go to your LinkedIn and you're, you know, you're wearing this seven piece suit or whatever. I don't even, I don't even know if that's a thing. Obviously I don't wear suits. (laughs) Um, And it doesn't, it doesn't match that positioning is a little bit weird. You know, like we're, we're about to, you know, we're putting together this course and that's one of the things that we got to look at is does everything make sense? Is it logical? And like when they go from one page to the next, is it like, oh yeah, that's the same guy. Oh yeah, he looks the same. He sounds the same. It's the same colors, like all of those kind of thing. I think it's important too. But how how have you found that to translate into the sales world and how you're having those sales conversations with that positioning? So I've come up with this thing. It's, it's I've dubbed it like the position driven mindset. So you okay. know, I think in terms of like AI, like open AI, right? Yep. So good old chat I'll GPT. And, yep. Yep. So prompting. So asking questions, prompting creates data. Yep. Data enhances knowledge. Okay. Knowledge drives positioning. Okay. And positioning influences outcome. Okay. So let's break so, that down. Uh huh. So prompting creates data. So how do we prompt? So we just ask questions, ask questions. So that right there, I think that's massive. Because and it's good to know that we're teaching the sales the same exact way. Um, and we do it a ton in the orthodontic industry. Um, but asking questions, that already, that, that's like a new concept. Like normally it's like we'll ask one question and then you yeah. tell us the problem. We start pitching you, right? So it's like going away from the pitch. It's almost like uh, what I heard, just heard one the other day, like closers or losers. 
<laughs> and really it means right. like stop pitching so much and start actually asking questions. So when we prompt, we ask questions, what kind of questions I would say open-ended questions and right. Mm -hmm. yep. And then that, that kind of leads you to the data, which is the information that you need. Okay. Yep. Or, and also helps them need. And what I've also found is interesting is that when we ask questions, open-ended questions in particular, it gives them an opportunity to persuade themselves. And that is about, that's a 10x in persuasion and, oh, yeah. and influence. Like I can give you all the information in the world, but if you tell you that you want it, done deal. Yeah, right? exactly. So prompting creates data and then now data enhances knowledge. So walk us through that one. So I'll go, I want to go back real quick. So I always say telling is not selling. Nice. Asking questions is like, it is what selling is, right? So going back to your question, data enhances knowledge. So if you go back to open AI, right? All the data coming in mm -hmm. every, all day, every day, right? So going back to like the 10,000 hours of becoming an expert in something. Yes. Is what, so the longer I've been in recruiting, the more often I hear, Hey Zach, I, I'm a traveler, but I'd rather be home. Yeah. Closer to family. Right. All right. Well then you're not a traveler. Right. Yeah. Right. Where a rookie would be like, Hey, he's a traveler. They're going to, they're going to go way past the, Hey, he said travel, but like, Oh, what did he really say? I'm a traveler, but what did he mean? Yeah. What did he mean? I want to get home. I want to get closer to home. So basically you take all of this data, and every time you ask a question and hear something, you're you're basically compiling a a graph or you're compiling who that person is and where you need to go next in the call. If they say this, I say this. Yeah. So if in my in my instance, a lot of traveling superintendents are blue collar guys. They don't like going to California to work. Gotcha. Because of the politics, right? So if oh, I yeah. hear if I hear I'm in California, I know. I need to press on that. So what are your thoughts on California? Does your per diem cover California? Like uh, I know okay. California is high rent. Like yeah. we're just, we're diving deep in, in, into that. So th that's the enhancing of the knowledge part yeah. of it. Like, so. So you get it, context. It, it yep. gives you context, it gives them context. Cause now they're, they're answering questions that they didn't even know that they were thinking about. Right. So it gives them an opportunity to flesh it out for themselves, right? Which gives them more context, more perspective, more education, more knowledge in the whole kind of situation, scenario, or issue slash problem. And then we're moving into knowledge drives positioning. Okay. So now we have the context, we have the information. How does that drive positioning? So with not knowledge that drives positioning, right? So mm -hmm. when I've got clients that uh, they do Walmart projects. Yeah. No one likes doing Walmart's projects. But if if a client sees a candidate that has Walmart projects, they know, hey, this guy's a baller. He, okay. He's safety conscious. He finishes on time and under budget, and he can deal with one of the toughest customers in the world. Gotcha. So okay. I know if, I, if I'm selling that position, I handle the objection on the front end, right? Okay. So dive into that hey, a minute, because so I think position. that is that is a massively missed thing when it comes to 
the at least our clients in the situations is that they will shy away from that objection until the very end and then they'll just get a no versus like when they they'll give an objection right and they'll just skirt over it versus like hey i noticed that kind of slumped back a little bit when you answered that question um wh- why did you do that why why was why is that important to you and just like just go at it because you're going to get it later it's going to come yeah. up it's going to rear its head if they're yeah. if if they all of a sudden get timid or withdrawn or they say a thing that now all of a sudden they're questioning and skeptical like all of that is it's going to come up it's going to rear its ugly head and it's going to be a no at the end so deal with it right then and there i love that concept dig into that for a second so i i i get to the no that's my that's my mantra right get to the no yeah try and figure out why this candidate's not a good fit for the role and tell Mm -hmm. them why they're not a good fit for the role and make them tell make them sell me on why they are a good fit for the role right Mm, so if i hear anything i'm going to push on it like hey what what do you mean by that what's going on there so going back to the, I guess, the, the positioning thing, it's, hey, I know I've got a client who, um, or have you, have you heard about what the Walmart's perception of the industry is from the company side, side of things? Well, okay. no, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, every time I have a candidate with Walmart experience on their project portfolio, mm-hmm. I have clients chomping at the bit to get that candidate on in, in an interview. So it's great okay. experience to have on your resume. Mm-hmm. So I've got a client who's actually going to give you the opportunity to do some Walmarts. It, it, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, it's tough. It's yeah. tough. What, what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about building a resume with mm-hmm. Walmart projects for the next three, four, five years? And if you're taking that next step in your career, you're gonna have co- companies chomping at the bit to get a guy like you. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? We're typically, hey, I've got a client that does Walmarts. What do you think? I don't want to do Walmarts. They stink. They're tough. Yeah. Okay. But if you position yourself the right way, you get you can really kind of lead lead them to the water, per mm-hmm. se. And then that's where that positioning influences the outcome, because yeah. like you're building like you're building a status gap, like one where they are and where they want to be, but also you're leveraging those opportunities that you're listening for and that you see and you pounce on, you know, it pounce on in a good way of increasing the status, you know, or neutralizing the status if it's bad type of a deal. And I think that's a thing where, you know, people will lower their status so often because they get hit with something, you know, or even, I mean, even simple things like, Hey, can I call you back tomorrow? They're like, yeah, no problem. Versus like, well, actually, uh, I don't know if I would be available just randomly like that. But I tell you what, if it if it helps, I could send you my scheduling link. I actually have some time tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. Does, would that help you? 2 o'clock? Does that sound good? Versus, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me whenever. I'll be waiting for the call. I really, really need this. So how, right? I, how I respond to that objection is like, hey, I'm busy. That's why I called. I figured you would be. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. If you weren't, I would be worried. Yeah. If you're, if you're not busy, I can't help you. Uh, Yeah. If you're not busy, you're at home and you're not working, which means you're not employable. So I I can't help you. So I I called you because I figured you would be busy. That's good. I'm busy. 
Excellent. Those are the people that I help the most. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then and they're that, like, wait, it's what? Pattern interrupt. It's pattern interrupt. It gets that's a key. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a key. I had one uh, just the other day. Uh, was just coaching, coaching a client. And they, you know, we always ask like, Hey, what attracted your attention to, you know, X business the most. And they, Oh, we saw one of the reviews. Usually they would stop there. And I said, Oh, excellent. Which review was it? And what did you like most about the review? And they were like, what? Huh? Like, <laughs> you know, they had to think for us. Oh, we really liked how it just, it talked about the character of the founder. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, you're making them think because first yeah. of all, humans are designed to answer questions. Like it, we, it is humanly like, that is how we are conditioned from kindergarten all the way through college, which yep. I mean, don't give me going on education and how that's becoming more and more broken formally. Um, but like, w- let's use it to our advantage in the sales world. Yeah. Right? right. They're going to, they're going to love to answer questions. And I think so often, and I'm hearing you say it is, that like you're only talking maybe 30% of the time and they're, yeah. they're talking a ton, you know, which gives them many opportunities to persuade themselves, which gives them many opportunities to create data, to enhance their knowledge, to increase your positioning because the person that asks the questions controls the conversation and drives the conversation. Yeah. And then all of that is going to lead you to a better outcome because all of the things have been said, all of the things have been uncovered, all based on asking questions and walking through your, your, your simple framework here, which I love. Do you teach this to your team? Oh, yeah, for sure. Every day, all day, every day. One of the biggest uh, impacts you can have after you ask your question, mm-hmm. just shut up. Yeah, so I have one for that. It's called oh. wait. Wait, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? Like, ask yourself that question and literally say, why am I talking? It works great with sales. It works great with leadership. Like, at the end of the day, sales and leadership are just good communication. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all it is. It's not, don't overcomplicate it. It's just really good communication. So I I, I ask my clients that all the time. Like, why why are you talking right now? Like, do you have a purpose or a reason? Because I could, and I like, I'll create a leadership swear jar. Like you literally be like, why did you stop talking? Why did you just start talking? Put $5 in the jar. And then at the end of like a six month contract, I'll take the jar and I'll say, okay, what charity do you want to donate all this money to? And they're like, (laughs) oh, I felt they feel better about it when it's a charity versus just losing the money. Right. Like even like multimillionaires, they will give a hundred dollars away very easily, very quickly and will enjoy it. But if they lose a hundred dollars, they hate it. So yes, I always frame it like they're losing it. And then at the end I say, all right, let's go donate this to charity. Um, awesome. And it's great. But I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's good communication. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. So talk to me about that. Give me like, where did you learn and how did you learn just to communicate really effectively and really efficiently? You know, it's, it's the extra stuff. My, my CEO told me, he said, Zach, there was, a, there was a point in your career here where you said, I am going to be good at this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a great, I'm going to be the best, I'm going to try and be the best at this. You, like there was a point in your career where you were here, you were above average, and then you became great. And mm-hmm. it's because of the extra work I put in before work and after work, the listening to podcasts, listening to um 
or YouTube watching YouTube videos, reading books. It's the extra stuff that you do. You can't rely solely on the training that your company gives you. Yeah. We have a great training program. No, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. Right. But it's who are the industry experts in your industry? Yeah. What are they doing and how are they doing it? And mimicking that it, it, it and if you don't, if you're going to work every day and you're not excited to learn what else is out there, what are you doing? Hmm. I mean, people, oh, that, it just drives me nuts. It's like me being that advocate again, like for the everyday frontline contributor, middle manager, man, if you don't like what you're doing, go do something else. Life is too yeah. short. And I right. can say that because I did it. Like, I wouldn't say that if I hadn't done it. I was a teacher for 10 years. My dad passed away and I left to start something. I didn't even know what I was going to start. Right. And like, I thought you were crazy. Yeah. Everyone did. I knew I was, you know, and I, I I was going to be a a lawnmower. I was going to be a a building inspector. I was going to be a construction person. And all of the time, all I really wanted to be was a leader of people. Right. So I eventually came to came to the the thesis of maybe I should just help people be better leaders. Oh yeah, look, that's going pretty good actually. Yeah, right. You know, but man, and if you, if you just don't, I mean, we call it you know like your purpose. Your pain, your passion, your proficiency will lead you to your sweet spot, which is your purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's a great book out there called Why Is Greater Than What. Actually, my lead pastor at my church wrote that book, and it is absolutely amazing. I mean, sometimes it even tells the story of what I did, how crazy it was. But if you just, if you're like nine to fiver, you go home and you kick the dog and you shake the wife or whatever it is, like get out, do something. Like, what's yeah. the worst that can happen? I can tell you what the worst that can happen is you'll sell your house while your wife is pregnant, you'll move in with your mom, and then you'll eventually figure something out. You'll start your own business or you'll find something that you really like and you'll start to build on that. And before you know it, you'll buy the house from your mother. And if you didn't notice, I'm telling my own story right now. And then you'll figure out how to be five years in a business that you didn't even know could exist. And nor, and I don't think I'm even creative at all. And I've now built one business and sold it. And then now in the middle of this business and building it one step at a time. And I would tell you that I'm the least creative person ever. And if I can do that, anyone can i'm t- like yeah. i'm just an offensive lineman man that's it <laughs> like <laughs> I, I remember when you were going through that you know your your transition from teaching uh i was like what is he doing and then i was like wait a minute he's doing what every freaking entrepreneur does they take yeah. risk trying to figure things out I, was, I remember like thinking that and being like i can't like no i'm an entrepreneur too like i can't think yeah. that about Desi. like he's yeah He's going to, he's going to figure it out. This guy's going to figure it out and he's going to be totally fine. You have to, I don't want to say hit rock bottom, but you have to, you know, move in with your mom, move with your parents and yeah. comes like, you just got to fit. I got to provide for my family and mm-hmm. it ends up like just what you pray, you tithe yep. and it ends up just working out. man. Yeah. God was there that whole time. I remember sure. a specific scenario. I was working construction, making and just making ends meet, right? And I was listening to podcasts, reading books. Like, I mean, I was just consuming new content, personal development content, like a madman. And I was super early in the morning, way before daylight. I was sitting on the back steps of the old, of the old house there that we had to sell. And I'm putting on these like dirty, cold, wet boots. 
and my, you know, Courtney, my wife is there. She's about ready to give me a kiss goodbye. And she's like, I don't know what you're doing, but you better figure it out quick. And she's like, and I'm not going anywhere. And I believe in you. And I, I lost it, dude. I was like, yeah, I'm dude. glad you do. Cause right now I'm struggling with myself. And honestly, like that was the catalyst that was yeah. really helped me try to figure it out and be like, all right, I'm borrow. I'm going to borrow some money from grandma. I'm going to do this literally $4,000 from grandma. I'm going to do this John Maxwell thing and we're going to dive in and we're going to figure this out. We're going to go after what I think I want to go after. And before you know it here, five years later, and you know, we're able to make an impact with leaders uh, and mm-hmm. with teams. And it's just, I mean, it's just God all the way, man, but you gotta, sure. you gotta listen and you gotta act like it's not just going to come to you. You got to no. do things and it's going to be scary. Um, but it's also going to be incredibly exciting when something oh, yeah. actually goes well. And I mean, all of those arenas, like I had only lived one context, which was teaching and sports. Mm-hmm. And now like learning to communicate with business owners and with middle management and with frontline contributors, you know, and building a network and selling and all of these different things like Oh my gosh, so much more communication opportunities, so much more growth opportunities, so much bigger of an impact. Like I tell all the time, you know, Zach spoke at, at my dad's funeral and I remember standing up and turning around, right? And you know, like there was standing room only in the hallways yeah. outside, like it was insane, right? And I think, and I just remember going, how am I ever going to have this much of an impact? How am I ever yeah. going to be this influential in so many people's lives? And it was like, there it was like, like I had to step up right then and there. Yeah. Now I had no clue what that meant. Right. But to me yeah. every day is like, I have to have that impact. I have to have that influence that's built in me. That's in my blood. So if I don't do it, I'm wasting the gift. Yeah. Right? So don't waste your gift. Don't nope. waste your gift. If whether it's sales, whether it's leadership, it's leader leading yourself, it's leading your home, it's a leader in your church, in your organization, it doesn't matter. Like, don't waste the gift. You can, you can be designed. You can design yourself. You can redesign yourself to become that person that you want to be, right? As long as you're a servant leader, as long as, you know, you're serving your team, as long as you're serving your, your organization, you're trying to get better, like, you'll get there eventually. Yeah. God has a purpose for everyone. And when you find your purpose and you give the glory to God, it like it, he, he just helps. He, he, he paid, he paves the path for you. You can't fail. Yeah. Can't fail. And I can tell you, I don't know how many times when I was like, man, something better happen. Cause if it doesn't, I don't even know what I'm going to do, but they they come, it comes through at the end. You got to hit payroll. You got to pay the mortgage. You got to fix it. It it all works out. But I, that's a, it's that what's the worst that can happen has been a really good tool for me, honestly. Um, Cause when you really lay it out and you go, that's not that bad, right? Like it, like there's people that are way worse and yeah, we're going to be fine. Like I'll figure something out before then we'll figure it out. As long as I've got my wife and my two kids and yeah. we're all, we're healthy and we're good. I've got all I need. Like, yeah. it, it, like if times get tough and, and times, times get tough for everyone. Right. Sure. So if time gets tough and you can, you can lean on and you don't, you have to have God to lean on. Cause it, yeah. you know, you gotta have someone to lean on. Right. So you, you're leaning on God, but all you need is God and all you need 
is your family. It doesn't matter if you're losing your house, your cars, whatever, but it does take kind of hitting that rock bottom to really be like, man, yeah, what am I here for? What's my purpose? And, and, and mm-hmm. how do I get there? Uh, yeah. so yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I know, uh, um, uh, one of the business consultants that I follow, uh, you know, massive, he actually doesn't work with a founder until they've cycled quote unquote, which means basically hit rock bottom, had to, you know, declare bankruptcy in their business and then figure it all out. And they're on there at least their second time. Like he, he yeah. won't work with them if they haven't cycled quote unquote, which is like, so like I'll, cause I run into it all the time with, I, when I heard this, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's it. When it comes to leaders who just can't figure it out, it's because they haven't had anything bad happen to them. So yeah. they've never had to climb out of anything. They've never had to persevere through anything. And it's like that right there, sports, dude. I mean, oh, that's dude. where I yeah. learned that to and through, right? You lost a game or you got beat up or you got hurt or whatever it is. Just sports in general will teach you that perseverance, will teach you to be humble and have yeah. some humility, yeah. even though, you know, all of our egos are massive and, you know, just the, your ego will destroy you. But oh, all sure. of those things, man, communication, like high stakes communication. Oh my gosh, sports and military, right? Like yeah. I wasn't in the military, but I'm a hi- history minor. So I studied all that stuff like crazy. And I always say like, there's three main arenas to me and how I view leadership. It's sports, it's the military and it's business. Like in all three of those are nothing more than a group of people trying to work together bonus points. If they're happy to accomplish yep. a common goal, it's not as complicated as people make it sound. And it's like, so why don't more businesses run things like the military and like the sports? Yeah. Right? Like why wouldn't you run things just like the best NFL football teams run them just like the best. I mean, literally film the sport doesn't matter. And it, yeah. to me, it's because it's all, it's communication and like, talk, dude, talk about communication. What about bullets flying by your head? Talk about high stakes communication and clarity. Like you're going to have to yeah. really get good at communicating. Right. But you know, I think too, and, and I, and I know you'll back this up. A lot of my communication skills came from sports, right? Having to yeah. be a captain, sure. having to like in the heat of the moment, even like you learn how to say things quicker, more effectively, faster, all those types of things as well. But also with teaching, especially with um, special needs students, like you, you have to learn how to say the same thing in a lot of different ways so that you can get the point across yes. to that learning style. You know, but everyone has these types of things. They just don't extrapolate them, right? Mm-hmm. They, they don't really break down, well, what is my strength? What am I good at? And why am I good at it? Right. Cause like everyone has a story, everyone's got a background. And I like yep. a lot of times they just stay, they just go, well, I'm just not any good at whatever. Or yeah, but and then they try to, they just go to, to something else. And it's like, no, there, there's something awesome in there. Right. Like Ephesians 2.10, like there's good things created for you in advance for in you. Advance. Right. And it's like, so it's already there and you were built for something. So we just got to find out what that is and then just release the beast. To me, that's yeah. what I love. Like when you can show, you know, a salesman that when you can show a leader that like, and you're like, look, there it is. Now let's just release the beast. You know, I mm-hmm. say that in a good way of now be humble, <laughs> right. Of now be right. a good communicator. Now ask good questions and watch what happens. It's insane. Yep. Right? It's uh, 
Yeah, it's it's so impactful, man. You know, playing playing through the peaks and valleys was a uh, one of my high school football coaches like uh, main quotes. You got to play through mm-hmm. the peaks and valleys. So if you if you take that from a b- biblical perspective, you're you're going to go through tough times. So God's mm-hmm. with you, yeah, in the valley. Yeah. He's with you in the mount on the mountain too, right? So as long yeah. as you can go back, be on that mountain, and look back at that valley, like, hey, man, this is how far I've come. There's going to be another valley, but that valley is actually farther above sea level than than your last. Yes, one. that's a good so way you, to put it. You're in your valley, but you're, you're you're still you're climbing that mountain, right? Yeah. Um, Jocko Wilnick, he says, whenever oh, yeah. something bad happens, okay, good. If you're a Christian yeah. and you have that mindset, mm-hmm. okay, good. God's got you, right? Yeah, for sure. So something bad happens. Okay, good. Yep. Deal doesn't go through. Okay, good. If you don't have God, like it's it's going to be tough to say, okay, good. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, and even like the smallest scenarios, like I always call it like pointing the thumb. Like you got to point the thumb back at you and say like, okay, good. Now what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Right. Cause it's like, to me, it's like something bad happens. Like, okay, good point the thumb. Now what can I do to get better because of that? What did I learn? Like John Maxwell fail forward. Fail but, forward. Yes. Like if yeah. I just say, Oh, shucks. Or that's, that's horrible. Like it ends there. And then it's like, it's, you're just a victim. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Take it into your own hands. Okay. Good. What did I learn? What am I going to do now? Are you run that little mini debrief with yourself and then you keep moving forward. Take the next step. Yeah. Like you, you're going to get hit yeah. again. The next quarter's coming. You'll be fine. Yeah. It's just another season. Right? The sun will come up tomorrow. And then something that um, I'm sure you heard my dad say, but you know, he would see someone that is suffering or maybe they have cancer or they just, they were just dealt a really bad, really bad deck. And he would just say, Desi, that's a bad day. And it's crazy. Yeah. I even think about that now sometimes. I'm getting emotional just because it's like, oh, wow, yeah. That puts a lot of perspective to it, you know? And uh, yeah. I think sometimes we always need to be reminded that because even many of those people who are dealt that bad deck are still fighting, like, yeah. better than a lot of us can. And right. sometimes we need to learn that. But it's like, oh, man, bring some perspective into your life. And For you'd sure. be amazed at how much better of a leader you are, how much better of a team member you are, a dad, you know, uh, an organizational, like it doesn't matter what you're trying to do, but bring perspective and humility and then take those and take action towards them. And you're mm-hmm. just, just going to kill it. You know, whatever that yeah. means for you, whatever was planned out for you, you're, you're going to absolutely destroy it. Well, all right. Well, give us one little, like if you were uh, giving advice to a leader, to a salesman, what, what would be the thing that like, what would you tell younger you coming up super ambitious? I want to be a leader. I want to redefine work for my family. What would you say to younger Zach when they, when he was just diving in that might help the other people doing the same? So I listen to, listen to your mentors, listen to the people that have been there. And it's yeah. so tough. Like I, I'll tell, I've got a 26 year old on my team. His name's Jack. Great guy, great kid, great, comes from a great family. He, he's a hustler. He, he goes out and gets it. But sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, he's me. When I was 26. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. when I was 26, 
I in I was working, I was selling insurance with my stepdad, and he would say something, and I'd be like, "Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's not right." Like I'm not. I'm not <laughs> that. like, what? That's crazy. But he was right. And then I'm I I catch myself sometimes being like, "Hey, Jack, like, are you you're, you're going to do that right?" And he'll be like, "Yeah, uh, maybe." And I'll be like, oh, "You're mm. you're me, man. You're me back then." So you just kind of want to shake them. But yeah. that's one of those growth pains, man. Like you've got to go through it to understand the impact that it has on you. Yeah. The older um, you so, get, the less, you know, yeah, it's man. It's, when I was 18, so, I knew everything. And now I'm uh, like, man, but, I feel like I just, I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just, I'm just, I'm learning. They're like, how do you, how are you? And I'm like, I'm just here over here learning. That's like, that's it. It's over here learning. Listening to your mentors, listening to the people that have been there before you. And then going back to what we said earlier, you have to, you, you can't just rely on whatever training your company has. You have to go out and yeah. do your own research. You have to do deep dives into certain aspects of your business and sales, negotiation, human mm-hmm. nature, money, how all of that works. If you can, like in recruiting, if you can become an expert in sales, negotiation, and human nature, yeah, no one's going to beat you. Mm-hmm. No one's going to beat you. Yeah, I would say the one thing that I would tell younger me is to be as excellent of a communicator as you can like learn the craft of communication like effective efficient fast simple clear concise different personalities different scenarios different such anything that has to do with communication learn as fast as you can as much as you can about the different people the different types of communication anything in the communication realm, it is a skill that you can craft that is transferable to anything that you want to do later in life. Like communication is just so people like, what do you do? And I'm like, I help people communicate better. Like really (laughs) at the end of the day, that's, that is what I do. And well, why, why can you do that? And I'm like, cause I've been doing it with so many different scenarios, sports, special education, business, all of the studied, how they communicated in the military, all of these things, just become a better communicator, right? A more confident one, a calmer one, a humble one. And it, uh, it, it will bring you so many accomplishments that you'll be like, I don't even know how I just succeeded at that because you just crafted your skill so long and just over and over and over again. And it's like, wow, that went really good. And I don't really feel like I tried that hard. And it's like, cause you put the work in on communicating mm-hmm. beforehand. But I would say what you just said about having a mentor, I would say that I missed that mark after, after dad passed, that was like a void for me, mm-hmm. you know, especially diving into the business world, man, go find that mentor that is doing or has done what you want to do which gets harder and harder the further up you go, right? Like if you start, all of a sudden you own a business, now you got to find some old guy who who's owned lots of million dollar businesses and that gets harder and harder, right? But find that person that is doing or has done exactly what you want to do. And you're like, I want to be them when I grow up. Like, and here's the thing is like, it doesn't have to be age related. Like they don't have to be older than you. They just need to be doing or have done what it is that you want to do. Doesn't matter the age they have the experience. That's one thing. When I, when I, when I came to my new company, I I checked my ego at the door, Mm -hmm. right? 
I, I go in and I look at the scoreboard. Who, who's a, who's the top player here? Yeah. And we have a rock star. Her name is Jenny Miller. She was the top dog. Uh, and then there were two guys under her that were younger than me that are okay. younger than me. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. it was, Hey, how do you, how do you run your book of business? Yeah. What do you do? How are you guys different? I'm okay. I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to copy that because it's obviously successful. So Absolutely. I've got a 20 or he's 30 now. So he's, I think he's five years younger than me. He's on the construction team too. His name's Nate Wise. Mm -hmm. He, he had the, one of the biggest impacts on my business because he's like, Hey Zach, this is how I do things. This is how I think you should do things. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, look, look at what we've done. So what I, all I did is I duplicated his process yeah. and started the traveling superintendent division. Yeah. Yeah. You model first, right? You model yeah. first. So I, you know, I think that's a great way to end is just, if you're out there and you're like, look, I want to get better at sales. I want to get better at leadership. I just want to get better, be a better husband, be a, you know, a better dad. I think two things you need to learn is one, get a mentor and two, get better at communicating, get a mentor, get better at communicating and just watch yourself skyrocket. Watch your results get better and better, better and be humble throughout that whole process. And you will be surprised at all the good things that happen to you. Zach, Hey man, I want to say thank you for jumping on with us. Uh, I mean, we went all over the place today, which was just a blast. So there's just so many different segments in here that people can have some fun with, you know, talking about God, talking about sales, talking about family, you know, and pulling it all together at the end of how to get better at anything is get a mentor and communicate better. I appreciate it, man. It was a super powerful conversation. And that's going to wrap us today on the designated leader podcast. I want to thank Zach Maynard for coming on with us with Iris recruiting solutions. Great story. Dive in there. And Hey, if you're a traveling superintendent, I would call Zach if I was you appreciate Thank you, you Zach. Thank you. Appreciate it. Desi.